0: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. It is April 10th and I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Atlanta United was beaten 1 0 on Sunday by Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. As always, you can find me on Twitter at DougRobersonAJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. The only goal came in one of the rarest goals in soccer, dubbed the Olympico, the unassisted corner kick, this time hit by Jordi Alcevar. From the left corner, he bent it into the far right corner of the goal. Brad Guzan was able to get a hold on or get a hand on it, but he could not stop it from going into the top corner. Guzan said that the wind got a hold of the ball a little bit, and he got caught on his front foot, and it sailed into the top corner. It's just one of those weird things. That was the only goal that Charlotte scored, obviously because it was one to nothing. But it was Atlanta United's second shutout this year. Both came on the road. You look at the stats, and Atlanta United outplayed Charlotte. They had an expected goals of 1.34 to Charlotte's 0.90. They had 16 shots to 15, six on target to four. But Atlanta United had some problems, uh, particularly in the first half. When the team would get the ball, nobody would move. And this is not a problem in this game. This has been a problem for. Myriad uh, personnel combinations, myriad managers. Pineda rolled out uh, three center backs and two wing backs, but they still got outcrossed almost two to one by Charlotte today. So here's Pineda talking about why the offense struggled, especially early on.
1: Obviously, we couldn't find those opportunities to run in behind, which was part of our plan. Try to get Marcelino and Thiago in good areas to serve balls for the attackers, and that those attackers included. Andrew Goodman, and Brooks Lennon. But for many different reasons, in the first half especially, we were not able to do that. The first 20, 30 minutes, it looks like we couldn't really find those spaces. So that was a bit of battle. In The second half, I think we did a very good job on that, trying to be on the front foot, better possession, trying to create more crosses. But also, for me, we create better chances than them. So maybe the crosses were not there, but we create very good chances.
0: So what was interesting about it is he said... That Almada and Marcelina Moreno were having trouble getting into good spaces and then getting teammates involved. So I asked him why they couldn't get their teammates into into space.
1: Yeah, I think they they overload the middle. I mean, you saw their shape. They have four midfielders, very active and dynamic midfielders, two forward that make it difficult for our center backs to find those those gaps. So it's not like it was an easy game. We knew there were. Challenges. We knew we needed to be more patient uh, to have more patience in our build-up. So we were able to really unbalance them. And I think the moments we did that, that's where we succeed. But at moments we were very direct. We tried to force balls into tough areas, and they were very good at pressing uh, those half spaces that we want to occupy. So that was the first half. The second half, I think, it was a bit different. We improved. And, it was probably not good enough at the
0: end. So they were able to limit the middle of the field, but now you're going to hear Brooks Lennon talking about how Charlotte was also, at least in the first half, able to keep he and Andrew Gutman from getting forward as wingbacks.
1: Yeah, I thought they um, they did a really good job in in terms of when the ball got out wide to me or Andrew, they were able to you know compress that space um, and you know not let us get out. Um, as easily as we did in the, in the second half. And, you know, they were, they were pretty good at shifting over, uh, crowding one side, um, and not letting us, uh, you know, play forward and, and create, um, you know, attacking plays. Um, and we were able to get get by that in the second half and create chances. Um, but, yeah, just, just very frustrating in the first half not being able to really go forward as much as we would like to.
0: Here's some of the statistical leaders for Atlanta United today. Moreno led with shots on four. Almada had three. Dwyer had three. Moreno led with three shots on target. Almada led everybody with six chances created. Nobody else had more than one. Almada led and completed passes, 49. Almada led and completed passes in the final third with 17. Moreno completed or had four crosses attempted. Moreno led in dribbles completed, four. Gutman uh, led in tackles, one with three. And Gutman led in recoveries with 13. Now, I tweeted out a map of kind of average position and touches for Atlanta United. And as you'll see, Marcelino Moreno and Diego Amada were almost on top of each other when they would get the ball. If you look at that map, if you go and look on my Twitter feed at Doug Robertson AJC, you'll see that there was very little width where Atlanta United was receiving the ball. And that's kind of the opposite of what they wanted to do. They wanted to get those wingbacks forward, they wanted to get the ball. Crossed into the penalty box. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get this fixed. Now, when they switched from three center backs to two center backs, Lennon and Gutman had a little bit more space to get forward because there was another midfielder involved that Charlotte had to take into account so they couldn't overload both the middle and the sides. But it is an interesting dilemma that Atlanta United faces and how to get this offense going because it still does not look good. And you have to also obviously point out Joseph Martinez. Out six to eight weeks after uh, arthroscopic surgery on his knee. No Ozzy Alonso. Still no Emerson Heineman, Still no Luis Arajujo. There's some tough things that this team is trying to deal with. But you know, this is not about excuses. They've got to start producing. One bright spot today was the debut of Renato Cisneros uh, on loan from Chivas. He showed some tremendous speed. I wouldn't say it was Almiron like speed or viaba like speed, but he can run. Um, He threatened Charlotte's defense a few times. Here's Pineda talking about Ronaldo Cisneros.
1: Oh, I I felt that it was very possible You look at a little bit of his pace and his willingness to do things in behind, to run in behind. He's clever. He's good at pressing. Uh, But obviously, as all the strikers, he needs to produce goals. and That's how we can measure Ronaldo, but it's just early stages for him. He just arrived four or five days ago. Uh, he just integrated into the team. But I think he's doing the right things to integrate properly to the team. So I think he has good skills. You saw a little bit the speed that he has, the power that he has, and those extra yards where he was able to run in behind. And obviously, again, probably that's towards the question. We couldn't really get enough crosses so he can shine a little bit more. But I think it's a very good addition to our team.
0: I just posted a story about Cisneros, and I think you're probably going to see a little bit more of him. Uh, Dom Dwyer missed a chance in the first half to tie the game. You go back to the DC United game two games ago when Jackson Conway missed a chance to win the game. Pineda has got to find somebody that he can trust. that's going to put the ball in the net. Cisneros didn't really, he had one half decent chance, but it may just be Cisneros's job to lose until Joseph gets back at this point. That's just me speculating. That's not me reporting anything. Um, All right. We're going to toss this to a break, and then we're going to come back with a few of your questions. This won't be as long of a podcast as usual. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And we're back, and before I get into the mailbag, I want to remind you that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC, which includes the Sunday paper, for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com utdscarf. There are quite a few Atlanta United supporters at the game today. I, I couldn't give you an idea of how many, I would say a few thousand, uh, but they showed up well. It's an easy drive up 85 uh, for those who live in the metro Atlanta area. So that was kind of cool to see. A couple of people said hello to me as I was walking around this morning. So that was very nice. Um, I want to remind you all that the game story is already up. A short on Cisneros is already up. Uh, By the time this podcast goes out, uh, there may be a a story about a familiar tactic the opponents are using to try to slow down Atlanta United. And then either tonight or tomorrow morning, I'll have posted something on some of Atlanta United's struggles on offense. So let's get into the mailbag here. Uh, Our first question, kind of working backward, is from Adam. Adam who says, the first half issues, did Atlanta United get outcoached, outworked, or both? I think it was more outworked. Charlotte had a very good uh, plan in place. that They played with a very good formation. They just took what Atlanta United, they took Atlanta United, what they wanted to do away. And really, Atlanta United didn't really try to make them change. It was a very dull first half for Atlanta United. They had a couple of good passing combinations. They had probably three good chances to score But that was it. The rest of the time, it was just very static. No one moving. No one doing anything. And when Gazan or the center backs had the ball and they would look up and try to find somebody to pass to, everybody was covered because no one was moving. Brooks Lennon said after the game that they've got to do a better job of moving. Um, And I agree. But again, this has been a problem for a long time for this team. Adam continues. What can be done about Atlanta's persistent issues with being bullied off the ball? especially Moreno. The midfield seems way too prone to unnecessary turnovers. It feels as if the game plan for opposing teams is always going to begin with get physical with the stripes, ball handlers. And despite knowing this, Atlanta doesn't adjust early enough. Those who've listened to this podcast know that that is one of my biggest complaints about Moreno. He tries to take people on and he can beat somebody and then he gets muscled muscle off the ball. It happened. I do not know how many times today it's a constant problem. He needs to become a pass and move type player rather than a beat somebody off the dribble player because once he beats them, they just catch up and knock him off the ball. It it just doesn't do any good Um, unless he's winning fouls in places where they can win free kicks, which was kind of Barco's uh, raison d'être, and it just it's not affecting the game in positive ways. Ben in Philly says, "I hope you're enjoying some coffee." Well, not right now because I'd be up all night. It's five thirty. Due to having COVID, I have watched a lot of MLS this weekend. Well, I'm sorry you've got COVID, Ben. I hope you recover okay. The bottom table teams, such as Miami, Vancouver, have an attacking identity. Atlanta does not. I understand that injuries are a factor, but I have not seen a cohesive identity during Pineda's tenure. Do the players just not fit what he wants, or is he just being outcoached? Is always you for your coverage. I don't think he's being outcoached. I think this year part of the issue is he still has not gotten to play with his first-choice lineup. Every time somebody comes back, somebody else leaves or something like that. Um, and so when you don't have your your DP striker, you don't have your DP winger, you're trying to make do with, with players that were injured most of the preseason or just now getting their fitness back, it's tough. And, you know, it's his problem to solve. That's why he's there. But to defend him a little bit, When you can't put out a consistent lineup, it's hard to build chemistry. When you can't build chemistry, you don't get confidence. When you don't get confidence, it's hard to play fast. That's something I've told you all many, many, many times. All right, Noah Young with a question. At what point does this franchise address the painfully obvious lack of talent on the road? If possible, I would like your thoughts that don't have to do with injured players. Uh, I don't understand lack of talent on the road. The talent doesn't change whether they're at Mercedes-Benz Stadium or on the road. Um, they don't play very well on the road. They're now two twenty-eight and eight in fra- or two twenty-eight and seven in franchise history when they surrender the first goal on the road. That's not good. That's just awful. I still think that this team it just it doesn't have confidence, and a lot of that is for the reason I just said. They don't get to feel consistent lineups. If they can get consistent lineups, I think that'll come. But we'll just have to see. Ben says any positives to take from this game. For me, they were badly outplayed and outcoached, deserved to lose, nothing positive to take, back to the drawing board, desperately missing our Hujo and a DP striker. Um, I thought the second half they played well. They were chasing the game a little bit so Charlotte could kind of sit back and try to win on the counter. They did create some opportunities. Caleb Wiley had a chance to tie the game in the final seconds and pushed his header just wide. That would have been yet the fourth consecutive game in which the team would have scored in stoppage time to turn a positive result from a negative result. But I do agree with you. Um, they were outplayed in the first half. I don't think they are outplayed in the second half. I don't know if they deserve to lose. That They had a better expected goal than did um, Charlotte. But they've got to be consistent, and they just don't do that. Jeremy says, greetings, Doug. Insert coffee sip break here. What is the likelihood that Atlanta makes a move for a striker in Joseph Martinez's absence? I don't think they will. They've got Conway. They've got Dwyer. They've got Cisneros. And Martinez is only going to be out six to eight weeks. If they do, who could they go after? Is there someone with the twos that could step in? It would have to be Conway. Um, And he says, thanks for the recommendation of 4 a.m., a great coffee spot. Yep, it is among my favorites. And then we got two questions on the Twitters. So let's go to the Twitters. And Blake says, what's the status on Arahujo? Hoping we get him back soon. Asked Pineda about Arahujo on Friday. His timeline is he's supposed to return to training this week. He says he's been training individually, so even if he returns this week to the team, I think it would still be another week before you'd see him actually working hard with the team, doing the things that you need to do to win a spot in the starting lineup. And then World Series champ Nick says, Hi, Doug. I hope you've enjoyed your trip to Charlotte, as I've certainly enjoyed mine. I have. I think they're set up for success as he's soccer city for sure. I think we'll see. From the stands, I like our play much better after the switch to the back four. Do you agree, or was our improved play only because we were chasing the game? Thanks. I think it was a combination. I think that uh, taking off the one center back, adding an extra midfielder, did force Charlotte to stay back a little bit because they had more players to try to account for who could get forward. Charlotte was trying to, I think, counter, so they were able to sit back and absorb some of the pressure. Uh, but the game plan for it to beat Atlanta United is going to be be physical with the ball handlers, foul a lot, Try to win on set pieces. Charlotte, I don't know when, how many headers on corner kicks today. It was a little bit ridiculous considering Atlanta United had three tall center backs in. But until Atlanta United shows it can consistently do these things, then this is what they're going to see. All right, I want to remind you, I'm Doug Robertson. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This is another Southern Fried Soccer podcast. At Atlanta United one to nothing losers to Charlotte. To fall to 3-2-1 this season, they will host Cincinnati next week at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nigget are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.